Hello and welcome to our brand new podcast, The Inspire Club. Um, this podcast is supported by Waggle. Uh, Waggle is an agile employee voice platform that measures and truly improves engagement. And for a personal uh, note, just want to say thank you to, for their support throughout 2020. Um, so as I said, this is our new podcast. Um, unlike the amazing 1990s David Fincher and Brad Pittville Fight Club, the first rule isn't to mention isn't not to mention Inspire Club. Um, that'd almost be counterproductive to to having a popular podcast. So please do tell all your friends and colleagues about us. Uh, I'm your host Matt Manners. Um, for those of you who, who want to know, I'm the founder of Inspiring Workplaces. So in 2020, we merged our two sister businesses, the Employee Engagement Awards and Employee Engagement Alliance, to become, you guessed it, Inspiring Workplaces. So our current podcast, The Engagement Zone, which is on all the usual places you can get podcasts, uh, will be brought to a close uh, and replaced with this. But we definitely recommend you go back and listen to some amazing interviews we did with award winners and inspiring people from the world of work. Um, Inspire Club, unlike Engagement Zone, will have many um, amazing guests from all over the world but also have a number of different hosts, which I'm sure you'll be glad to hear. So people like Ruth Dance and my colleagues, Amy and Stefan. Um, like Fight Club, we do actually have one rule, um, and it's not the same as Fight Club, as, as discussed a few seconds ago. But our rule is that each of our guests on each episode must share a story of one person that has inspired them along the way, putting positivity out into the world um, and, th- and thanking somebody who probably has, has no idea that they're doing it. Um, ideally, it will be a past colleague, but it can be somebody that exists outside of the world of work. We'll have a consistent set of questions, questions so you, our listeners, can compare uh, and draw on different ideas, opinions, and strategies around important facets of work, whilst also getting to know our guests a bit more personally, having a bit more of a conversation with them than, than, than past podcasts. The human behind the title, if you will. Um, we'll also be launching, in time, a Spotify playlist with inspiring tunes and albums recommended by our guests and constantly added to week after week. Hopefully it becomes that list you turn to when you just have to get through those horrible actions on your list that you always leave till last. Um, wrapping up before we actually get to our first guest, which I'm very excited about, you know, our purpose at Inspiring Workplaces is to change the world through the world of work. We do this with our free community of inspirers, and if you haven't already, please do join our movement. And lastly, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire, instruct, and entertain you for 20 minutes at a time. Uh, And so to that end, let's get to our first guest, a man who needs no introduction, unless you're listening to a podcast and you can't see him, so I'd better do that, I suppose. So please can you welcome, along with me, Mr. Stuart Rees-Thomas, co-founder of Masgros, and an all-round terrific guy. Welcome, how are you doing, Stuart? Hey Matt, I'm really, really well, thank you. Although I have to say, I am a little bit nervous. <laughs> I forgot to say actually that obviously Masgroves, you know, you you help companies to deliver their strategy and, and take their grand plans and big ideas and bring them to life. Um, so that if people wanted to go check you out afterwards, then that's that's what you do. Um, if we don't cover it in the podcast, so don't be nervous. Uh, you have your own podcast, Stuart, and it's absolutely fantastic. Unlike, unlike <laughs> Unlike yours, I won't be uh, bringing up hidden gems from your past like you did <laughs> did with me on yours, which is fantastic and still makes me laugh. So it's great to have you as our first guest. 
and I'm, I'm delighted to be here, but um, that's why I'm nervous, Matt. I'm wondering if this is the payback podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. It's, we're only only with with uh, love and gratitude. No, no, nothing sinister. So um, I think let's let's get straight into it. Let's let's see how our, our first Inspire Club goes with uh, with with the format we've created. Um, I'm probably more nervous than you, to be honest with you, Stuart. So, to, and I'm, especially as I know, I think the angle you might be taking with, with our first question, our, our rule of Inspire Club. Um, so, to our first question, can you please share a story of who has inspired you along the way in the world of work and why? Well, Matt, what, what's kind of interesting is I know that we'd spoken about this before, but um, I had an epiphany last week. And um, I'm going to give you a slightly different answer to the one that we uh, we kicked around, but don't panic. Okay. Um, so I, I'd like to nominate and champion a former HR director I worked with, a gentleman called Simon Wright. Um, Simon and I worked together back in the mid to late 1990s. So we're talking well over 20 years ago. And uh, we met up at a division of Mitsubishi. Um, that well-known global organization. But we worked in a, a food part of Mitsubishi. So he looked after the whole group and I looked after one of the divisions. Um, but he was the first guy or the first HR person, I should say, who ever talked about culture and engagement without mentioning either word. Right. Um, and when I look back, he really was ahead of his time. And, and the epiphany I had was talking to Perry Timms and CJ Green and Rich Sheridan just last week on an event that we did. Um, so hopefully it's okay to change my answer from the one that we kind of kicked around. Oh, absolutely. I'm loving the epiphany. So, uh, and, and, and how long did he work with Simon? And, and how, how did he inspire you in that way without mentioning culture and, and those terms? Like, can we delve a bit deeper into, into how, he, how he inspired you? Yeah, so um, just to set some context for the, the younger audience out there, you know, so the late 1990s, there, there weren't people like you, Matt. There weren't organizations like Inspiring Workplaces who were trying to do what you're trying to do on a global scale. Um, in the UK, we have the Best Companies Awards. They didn't start until 2001. Um, if you look at kind of social media, you know, you've got YouTube and Facebook and LinkedIn, they didn't start until 2003, 2004. So, so these were dark, dark times. Um, and um, so, so Simon was a real maverick. And I'll, I'll give you maybe a couple of examples. And he used to kind of turn up. So he was headquartered in Liverpool in the Livy building um, where the group were. And I was over in Bradford in West Yorkshire. And he would just kind of breeze in through the door, grab the HR team and go, right, let's talk about. And um, I vividly remember he had a PowerPoint slide and on the slide were nine squares. And he would say to us, so think about your life. Think about the things you love doing, you know, your family, your sports, your friends, your, your me time, work, keeping fit. And you would fill in the nine boxes. And then you would go to the next slide where there was just one box and that box was work. And he would say, whatever you do, you know, don't make work your everything. Make sure that you've got that kind of balance in your life. So if one thing goes wrong, you've got the other eight things to fall back on. 
And, and I guess, Matt, you know, that's, that's what we're talking about today in terms of well-being and mental health. But this didn't exist back then. We're talking over 20 years ago and it was, it was quite different. And as I say, first person I ever met who was introducing these kind of topics into the workplace. I, I, well, I just, I'm sitting here smiling, uh, grinning like a Cheshire cat, um, because I think one, one, one of the things I always try and um, hark on about, I suppose, is uh, keep, keeping it simple, simple philosophies and bringing humanity back into the workplace. And, you know, 25 years ago, and, and you remember the nine boxes, and it was somebody talking to you about how you find balance in your life and don't make work everything. And here we are living through a pandemic where we have all the different types of pressures and upon us and it's you know more crucial now than ever to try and find that balance and those boundaries um when some, when some of us around the world are, are literally confined to their to their apartment or their house um so yeah i just i think that's fantastic that that still resonates with you now and probably you know, maybe shows how important it is just to really focus on the simple simple life philosoph- life philosophies and don't and then when we walk into an office or log on in the morning kind of thing. Yeah, and um, I think you're so right. You know, you you know me well, and um, I will often say that I like to play the simple card, and I think, I think you're spot on. You know, sometimes the solutions are there right in front of us, and we kind of overcomplicate things. And, um, you know, one of the things that Simon used to do was um, – talked to us about things and, and again this is another one of his slides he had this kind of idea and the, the first slide was how to light your fire and keep it alight oh wow well, i need that right now <laughs> yeah and, and nowadays this is called employee engagement or employee experience or whatever the kind of the latest fad is and um so we <laughs> he had this kind of slide mat and it was a powerpoint slide with a clip art of a man with a fire behind his bum and then another picture, another clip art picture of him with a fire in his belly. And that was it, you know, and that was about engagement and motivation. And I, I, I'm just loving hearing clip arts, you know, we're talking about 1990s and Fight Club. <laughs> I don't think we'd go back into the, into the 1990s in every, every sense of the word on this podcast, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, you, you, you're absolutely spot on. You know, here I am 20 odd years later. And I can still remember it, and I can still remember the principles and the ideology and the philosophy and and everything else. And um, he was he was the first person I met who used to kind of trot out the line, better to seek forgiveness than permission, and actually do it. You know, I think lots of people say it, but he would go crashing around the business. And you know, my ops director, who's a a rather lively Irishman, would kind of go. Blaming it, that's Simon Wright. He just hasn't got a clue. And when I look back, it's because he didn't care. You know, he, he didn't care if he upset people because he was on a mission to make this organisation a fantastic place to work, but without all of the the jargon and the fads. You know, fantastic. Well, I'm um, I'm hoping that uh, if you're not still connected with connected with Simon, that you do uh, tag him into this when when we launch it, um, so he he can hear the impact he's made on you uh, and probably even more people right now. Um, so thank you, Simon, for inspiring what, who I believe is a very inspiring guy and Stuart. So thank you. Um, so let's get on to our next question um, and, and see how this flows. But um, we, we love uh, our own personal and, and, and corporate purpose at Inspiring Workplaces. We, we, have, we have our own individual ones and also our, our own why, which is obviously to change the world to the world of work. And 
I just wanted to know what drives you on it on a daily basis. What, what's your why? A few moments ago, I used the S word, which I'm sure I will use more than once. And um, I'm, I'm really simple. I just like fixing things. Um, and I like fixing things through creativity, innovation, um, and, you know, linking back to the last question, just coming up with new and different ways of, of delivering solutions for, for clients who are kind of sat there scratching their heads. You know, I, I often wish I had a purpose to, to save the world, to save the world of work, um, to protect rainforests. But, you know, it is a, a flaw in my makeup mat that that doesn't sort of excite or, or ignite my passion. So for me, you know, my, my insights profile is sunshine yellow. So it's all about the next new thing, the next idea, the next innovation. And, um, you know, when, when you get clients going, wow, that was amazing. And, but that was so simple. That's, that's me a happy chap. So. Oh yeah. I, I can imagine that. And, um, well, we, we all fit in in different places, don't we? You can have a simple philosophy, but then to execute that with a strategy is can be incredibly complicated. So um, we we need people like yourself to make it make it simple, because um, quite often it's it's far from it. Um, it's it's the it's, it's the experts that make it look simple. So we thank you, um, and that's a great why. Um, so uh, moving on, moving along with the questions, um, what, what's the the best experience you've ever had at work, and why? So seven or eight years ago, we did a piece of work for a client called Respectful Workplace. And that seems really poignant given what happened in America with um, the murder of George Floyd. Um, and this was an organization that had a mix of people from Eastern Europe, the UK, and also from, from Asia. And the HR team was being swamped with two or three complaints of workplace bullying and harassment every week. And we did some training, and it was based on um, a lady called Jane Elliott. I don't know if you've come across Brown Eyes, Blue Eyes at all, Matt. Uh, it rings a bell. So um, she was a, a teacher in America in the mid-60s, just after Martin Luther King was shot. And she did an experiment because of something that was said in her class, where she treated all the children with brown eyes really well one day, and then the next day treated them really badly and vice versa with the children with blue eyes. And some of the, the impacts on their behavior, on their academic attainment was, was hugely significant. And so we did the same thing. And people would walk into the training room expecting to be bored, senseless with conversations about policy. And yet what we did was we ran a quiz and then picked on people. Um, so if people had glasses, for example, we'd ask them a question and they would be the bad people that day. So any answer they gave us, we would say, that's a load of rubbish. Don't know why you're saying that and then quickly move on. And then the next day might be people with check shirts on the next pe next day, people with trainers on. And we had people swearing at us with people walking out with people in tears. But the whole idea was, was to create an experience. So they knew what it felt like to be picked on. So we did all this training and, um, you know, for the organization, it was great because they went from two to three complaints a week to just two in the following year. But um, a few months later, we got this little anecdote back. There was a gentleman who worked there and he'd worked there for 30 years, Matt, and he'd, he'd come from Asia and um, everybody called him Mo. And he was a very quiet chap. And one day after the training, he went up to his supervisor and said, I've just been on that training and the supervisor said, okay, what do you think? He says, can everybody now please call me Mohammed? Cause that's my name. Oh, wow. I've got 
you know, that's the kind of stuff, isn't it, that you look back on with huge pride that um, this this person was able to reveal himself after 30 years. So, yeah, that's my that's my best work experience. Oh, that's, yeah, that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing it with me uh, and, and everybody. It's, um, yeah, wow, it's, that's taken me aback a bit, actually. Um, that's, that's fantastic that you've, you've, yeah, just, just, just if you, that was the only result that came out of it, it was, <laughs> it was worth doing it. So um, I'm going to be definitely looking up that brown eyes, blue eyes now. Um, and um, Mohammed, if you're listening to this, then uh, you, you know it's Stuart Rees Thomas to get in touch. Um, wow, that's, that's, that's stunning. Um, and a great, great day at work. Um, trying to look at my questions now. Uh, got me all flustered with that, with that answer, Stuart. Um, Sorry, Matt. Yeah. No, no, this is fine. Um, so a, a good key question for now, I think, um, with the times we're living through, um, hopefully for not too much longer, um, but stress, uh, what's the best way you deal with it? Um, <laughs> or don't. <laughs> well, my, my answer, Matt, and I, I don't know whether you know this, but my answer to that is drugs. Um, <laughs> this is going out after the watershed, right? It is, yeah. Good, good, good. Um, I, I've been reasonably public with this, but four years ago I was diagnosed with depression. Right. Um, and so I regularly take a drug called citalopram. Right, okay. um, and I started uh, taking it on a daily basis and then reduced it down over time to two or three times a week. And then I tried to kind of quit. And I just have this kind of chemical, I don't know if it's an imbalance, but um, my brain needs this particular drug. So, um, yes, I go on long walks and I take hot baths and I have me time. But um, nothing really helps as well as that does. Yeah, and um, you know, I'm I'm really relaxed with it. You know, some people take vitamin C, and um, some people have other things. But yeah, I I just feel way calmer and far more balanced and far more um, in control with um, this pumping on my body than without. And um, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that, thank you, thank you for sharing that. That's it's one of the biggest uh, stigmas that we need to destroy right now is that um, around just. We're, we're all we're all wired differently, um, and different things help different in different ways. So, um, and that's one one area that could definitely help people. So, um, if I'm being honest, I probably at some stage probably should go go and have a consultation as well and see if there's something that might help me from time to time because there's certain certain things I've tried in, in my part in my time just haven't helped. <laughs> so, that might be a route I, I should consider. Um, so, thank you very much for sharing with that. Um, so. What 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 do you think, mate? What's what's the most important quality in a leader, or somebody who who should inspire people at work? Do you know? I I think for me this is really straightforward. It's this whole kind of thing around a lack of ego, humility, and being there to serve others. Um, I was watching a a clip recently where Simon Sinek was talking about the rise of selfishness mm, um, yeah. and, and leaders, you know, focusing just on growing the organization for their financial benefit or the financial benefit of, of others. Um, and so for me to be a great leader, I think it's about humility. And am I allowed to make one sporting reference? 
Oh, go for it. Love, love, well, I love a sporting reference. Can't speak for everybody else, but go for it. <laughs> so um, f- for, my, for my sins, the other drag I have in my life is Leeds United. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And um, we've got a, a new coach who's been with us two years. He's an Argentinian called Marcelo Bielsa, and um, he's considered one of the best in the world, even though he's won very few trophies. And the reason for that is because of how he makes people feel. Um, and when he first came to the club, you know, some simple things. He he had all the players picking up litter around the training ground. And he said to the players, I'm doing this because I want you to understand how hard it is for the supporters who come to watch you because they have to do work like this every day just to pay for their wow. ticket. Yeah. Um, you know, he's um, he made another team, sorry, he made us allow another team to score a goal against us in a game because we'd scored a goal unfairly. Um, and at the time we were chasing promotion and he won a, a UEFA Fair Play Award for it. Um, and as, as a human being, you know, he was offered a really luxury hotel. He earns, I guess, a really decent salary mat. Um, but he turned it all down to live in a one-bedroomed apartment above a corner shop in Weatherby. Um, and, and that for me, you know, is, is just someone who, it's not about himself, it's about the team. And whenever, whenever you hear him talk, he talks about the team, the players, it's never about himself. It's it's never his glory, it's their glory. And um, yeah, so lack of ego and humility for me is is the key attribute. Yeah, well, that's, that's fantastic. I don't mind Leeds beating Arsenal as much now. Um, <laughs> is that your team? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. And, and I, I, I'm happy with Arteta, by the way, just, but we won't go down as sporting. I, I think they should stick with him. But Eddie Jones, the England rugby coach, said his job was basically to become redundant. He was to, to get hit, to get the team to a place where he's not needed anymore, and I, I thought I think that's a really good philosophy as well. That you know you're empowering your your people to, to be the best they possibly can be, and then not need you. Uh, it's about them, and I, I love I love that philosophy. So, um, um, and uh, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm loving our conversation. I've realised I've probably got far, far too many questions for you, really. But um, and I, I probably uh, this is probably quite a good answer actually. But if you could swap jobs with anybody right now. Would you and who do you swap jobs with? Um, if I could swap jobs with anybody right now, Matt, it would be the Guinness taste tester. <laughs> um, Great answer. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know what the requirements are, but... Um, <laughs> so, so this is probably quite relevant, really. If, if you'd just become the Guinness taste tester, what would be your go-to productivity trick? My... <laughs> I I think that you cannot beat, and this is very old-fashioned, this whole idea of focusing on one thing. And, you know, I think I think there was a time, wasn't there, Matt, when you were only well-regarded if you could multitask, you know, if you could do 27 things all at the same time, if you could be working 20 hours a day, um, and I think, going back to the last question, you know, one of the people I admire greatly, other than the Guinness Taste Test, was a guy called David Hyatt, who runs a denim company in West Wales called Hyatt Denim. And they have a philosophy, which is do one thing well. Um, and I think there's nothing better than saying to yourself, for the next half an hour, I'm going to do this. And you turn off your emails, you turn off your phone, and you just focus on that one thing, because that's where you can do some deep thinking um, and really get to the heart of whatever it is you're you're trying to contemplate, whereas your phone pings with a text or your email goes or your social media pings. 
and you never get into that kind of deep space. So um, yeah, do do one thing well would be my uh, my productivity tip. That's a great tip. My my dad uh, ran a little bit of business in the nineties, and uh, again, talking about <laughs> lack of technology. Um, they used to have a rule in the office that if you saw somebody wearing a red baseball cap and you weren't to disturb them, they were they were doing what you were talking about. They just wanted to get in the zone for half an hour, an hour and just get something done with no emails, no tap on the shoulders, no phone calls. Um, and I've taken that from from being a, from being a teenager to, to now, and uh, yeah, just turning off all the notifications is a really good really good advice. Anybody who can tell me how to turn Slack's notifications on my desktop off, would buy, <laughs> I'll buy them a beer because I still haven't been able to work out how to do it, I, other than just quitting the application completely. Because um, I, I, I'm a, a big believer in what you just said there, Stuart. Definitely, just one thing at a time. I'm very bad at doing it though. That's the problem. <laughs> um, it's like the blank page a to do list with so many different things on it is sometimes quite unbearable. So I will have to listen to this podcast back and take your advice. Yeah, um, it's a practice, practice, practice thing, isn't it? You know, it's it's hard. It is hard. It is consistency. It's the uh, persistence. All, all all the instances. Mm. Um, so to, to find out a bit more about you now, really, to change it up, I think. Okay. Um, Thank you so much for your insight and, and advice around the world of work, but um, let, let's get to know uh, Stuart, um, as they say. So if you were a teacher, what would you teach? Uh, children. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> answer. Um, I'd probably be a bit more specific, but I'm going to take that. Um, are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, early bird. You will get emails from me at ridiculous o'clock and... That's not me being machismo. I just work really well in the mornings. I get to 11-ish maybe, and then I'm useless for about two or three hours, and I have another couple in the afternoon, and I'm done by about four. So, um, yeah, definitely an early bird. Kindred spirits. Uh, if, I, if I haven't got up and done four hours before, three or four hours before nine o'clock, then, yeah, the rest of the day I find quite hard when all the different distractions come into it. So um, early bird two right here. Um, so you're – Music now, because uh, we mentioned Spotify before, so we're going to start putting a, a Spotify playlist together with, as, as our guests increase. Um, so your favourite album, which I know is an incredibly hard question, um, we won't hold your feet to the fire on it if you come up with another one five years down the line. Your favourite album, what are you listening to right now, and, and, a, and a single song that fires you up when you need to be? Well, this was probably the hardest question, Matt, because I'm not a huge music fan, you know, um, I've got three children who just walk around with music pumping around their heads all day. But um, favorite album would be probably anyone from the New Romantics of the 1980s. Oh, my, my wife has just booked us onto Duran Duran in Hyde Park next summer. Brilliant. Well, you know, those guys, um, Human League, Erasure, Culture Club, Depeche Mode, any one of those iconic albums of the 1980s would be my, uh, my go-to. Oh, yeah, Depeche Mode, great, aren't Yeah, I love them, yeah. Yeah, in terms of what I'm listening to at the moment, having said all of that, um, I've come across a Danish band called uh, Brothers Moving. Right. Um, I tend to listen to music on YouTube, so if I'm working, I'll stick my ears in and have it in the background. Um, and they are a group of four based in New York, I think, and they um, they do this one great version of Mini the Moocher, which you've got to look up. So, yeah, the Brothers Moving, Mini the Moocher. Have a look Have a look for that one. And then my go-to song when I need a bit of pepping up um, would be any song by Sia, but particularly Unstoppable. Oh, yeah, wow. 
wow, great artist. Mm. Awesome. So that, that, that's historic. That's the first song on the Inspire Club playlist. Brilliant. So that's a good song that's, to get everybody going. I think that's brilliant. See you, Unstoppable. Um, funniest thing that's happened to you and why? And we're, we are out, outside the watershed. Um, so, but, you know, be, be clean if you can. I will. Um, when... When we had the first lockdown, um, I said I've got three children. They're all in their 20s. And um, we decided to have a pub crawl. Um, obviously, we couldn't go out. So we had a pub crawl around the house. And so what we basically did was we gave everybody a room and you had to convert the room into your themed pub and have a themed drink. And so my youngest son, Yoan, he had the bathroom so when we walked in, he had the bath running. He had the theme tune to SpongeBob SquarePants. He had towels on the floor and this horrific blue cocktail, which I couldn't tell you what it is, Matt, but um, I will have to tell you some of the things that went on afterwards when we finished the podcast. <laughs> well, we make an electric, uh, we, we make a blue cocktail at home called the Electric Lemonade, and it's a, it's a firm favourite in this household. So, um, but yeah, blue curacao or curacao, however you pronounce it, is, uh, they're always in the, in the blue drinks. Um, but that's fantastic. I've just made a note of the themed pub in case... Hopefully not in our lifetimes. We get this locked down again in another pandemic. I'm, I'll be definitely doing a theme pub. That's an absolutely fantastic idea. Um, well, um, I, you're doing a music list, Matt. What about doing a cocktail list as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah, okay. Favourite cocktail then? I'm going to do that. Uh, Baby Guinness. Baby Guinness. Beautiful. All right. That's, there we go. I love this. I'll we'll give the recipes as well. Um, Household chores, obviously, post-themed uh, pub crawl, probably quite a lot of them, but what do you always leave until last in the hope that somebody else might do it? I've got a dog, Matt, just the poo pig. <laughs> okay, awesome. Um, that's my job. Uh, by the way, if you hear any funny noises, everybody, uh, it's podcast. I've got a, a new puppy Irish terrier called Seamus, and uh, I'm on duty with him this afternoon uh, whilst my wife is working upstairs so um, if there are any weird noises it's the dog um favorite film again very hard but just just one you can turn on and watch doesn't have to be the best set of best ever like godfather or something like that no so i'm i'm a bit of a softy and my favorite film is a really old one from i think it's the 1930s um it's a wonderful life Oh, timely. It's a great, great film. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, that would be on the telly at Christmas, certainly here in the UK. But um, yeah, Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed. Absolutely love it. I was about to do a Jimmy Stewart impression, impression but I will not. Go, um, Matt. Go, Matt. No, no, absolutely not. Um, something you've done that will never do again. Eat, Serious or funny? Eat an oyster. Oh, well, you're, you and my dad will get on. <laughs> oh, dearie me. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he's that. Yeah, you and him will get on, and your hatred of oysters. Um, best place in the world you've ever visited? Undoubtedly, the Taj Mahal in India. Oh wow! Just is, is it as good as it looks, or better? Oh, it's it's the most beautiful building, which is kind of one dimension. But then, um, the story behind it, you know, um, uh, an emperor called Shah Jahan built it in memory of his wife, Mumtaz, um, which is another beautiful story. And then the engineering, Matt, I mean, it's just incredible. So this was back in the, gosh, the 1600s, I think. Um, and when it was designed, there were like two columns either side of the, the main building. 
and they both lean at slightly three degrees away. So if ever there's an earthquake, they fall away and don't damage the building. I mean, wow. Just so in so many ways, but yeah, such a, a peaceful, tranquil place. It's um, it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's that's. I've been lucky to have gone to a few places in my life, but that's one I, I've yet to get to, and I, I would love to. Um, I just imagine yeah, it's yeah, it's awe inspiring. I imagine um, I, I'm bigger than you picture on the, than when you, when you're there in person as well. I, I, I guess it just does it feel much bigger than it looks on the TV. Yeah, it's it, it's it's interesting. You know, lots of um, I've seen lots of other kind of major tourist attractions. You know, like the Trevi Fountain and um, places like that. And you get there and go, oh, oh, is that it? <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. This this place is unbelievable because you know if you've ever been to India, India is fantastic. It's noisy, it's hot, and um, it's colourful, it's vibrant, and then. You walk through this really dark archway, and there it is, just with these green lawns, and you're just hit by peace and tranquility. And, and the building, when we were there, had just been cleaned, and it's obviously white marble, and it was just shining. Yeah. It was beautiful place, really beautiful place. Yeah, with the uh, oh, is, is that it? The, the different to the question I just asked you about best place you've ever been. One of the uh, most underwhelming places I've ever been is a. Uh, a place in on Lake Erie, um, just uh, in the Ohio side of Lake Erie, and and, the, and I can't remember the actual island in on Lake Erie now, but it's near Port Clinton, and they were called Glacial Grooves. Um, and so Ivy and I went in the horrible, horrible weather to go look at these glacial grooves, and they were the most disappointing things I've ever seen. And I got, I got absolutely soaked through what looking at them as well. So this is a photo of Ivy and I looking incredibly miserable, uh, looking at these glacial grooves in the middle of Lake Erie. Um, so, but yeah, but Taj Mahal definitely recommend it. So last question, um, and I'm so grateful for your time. Um, and this is something we really want to try and make a staple of the podcast too. And it's who would you nominate to come on the podcast next and why? And we'll see if we can make it happen. Well, um, I would like to nominate a gentleman called Bill Khan. Um, okay. I didn't know, if I'm being really honest, Matt, I didn't know who he was. But um, around about three or four months ago, I read something about him and he is the supposed founding father of employee engagement. Um, he's a Boston University professor, and he wrote a paper in 1990. But what is fascinating is that um, lots of people around the world are struggling with employee engagement. But when you talk to, to Bill, it is actually 180 degrees away from his original insight. Right. Um, I'm not going to say too much because we had him on our podcast, but if you... I can and what's the name of your podcast for people to go and check out, check out that interview? It is called Pull No Punches, the second best podcast in the world after the Inspiring Workplaces uh, <laughs> podcast. But Bill Kahn is a, a real gent. He's got a voice like liquid chocolate, but his insights on engagement are really, really fascinating and, and how large consultancy organizations took his original insights and kind of spun it to be uh, commercially successful. So, um, yeah, Bill yeah. Khan. Uh, yeah, I, I, 
Yeah, I know his initial philosophy as well, actually, and I think there's something we're almost trying to come back round to. So um, I would definitely recommend going to listen to that interview, Paul No Punches um, podcast. So, look, as again, once again, uh, thank you so much, Stuart. Um, couldn't think of a better guest to have on first. Um, thank you for your time at the beginning as I made the quick introductions. And is there anything else you'd like to add before I wrap up? I just want to say thank you to you, Matt, not just for the podcast, but for the, uh, the great work you and the team are doing, because I know that um, you put tons of time and tons of effort into creating great things from Inspire Cities to the Inspirathon. Um, so um, thank you to you for making the world of work far more inspiring. Well, that's very kind. Uh, thank you very much. And again, uh, caught me off guard there. So I'm good. luckily I've written the, this last bit down. <laughs> um, <laughs> so thank you so much, Stuart. And, and, and Stuart did just, just mention something called the Workplace Inspirathon. And on the 20th of January uh, next year, so uh, 2021, we're holding this event. It's, tw- it's 24 hours, virtual, free, starting at 8.30 in Sydney local time. And we're having speakers all over the world, traveling through Singapore, Johannesburg, London, New York City, and ending in San Francisco at 3.30 p.m. at their local time. Um, you can join us during your waking hours, during your daytime, uh, or you can catch us on demand. Or if you're crazy like us at Inspiring Workplaces, you can get a big uh, vat of uh, coffee and cans of Red Bull and go through the whole 24 hours with us. Um, that's on 20th of January, 2021 workplace inspirathon and it's going to be our most ambitious thing we've ever done but why not after the year we've just had so thank you very much Stuart Uh, we'll be back with uh, another fabulous guest uh, for the Inspire Club soon and throughout the next few years uh, we hope to see you soon thank you very much and take care